2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. That's that's not an identity that I want. Like, I don't want the identity of the guy who, like, went off and, like, you know, did his own thing with, you know, with this small business and then it didn't work out, like... To catch myself falling back into those old patterns and, and hearing the Holy Spirit say, no, like that's not, that's not who you are. Like you don't have to be that person because that's not who I've made you to be. You get to be this person. Yo, welcome to the Death to Life podcast. My name is Richard Young and today's episode is with my brother, Michael Beans. I've known Michael Beans for a long time. Uh, and I enjoyed interviewing him because he's my guy, but he also has a story that I can really relate with, um, with the competitiveness and all that stuff. Um, but Michael uh, is walking free, and this is his story from Dead to Life. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, if you want to partner with Death to Life, to create season three of the Death to Life podcast. Wait till the end of the podcast um, because we want to we want to help you to help us. Uh, with that all being said, uh, buckle up, strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Here's Michael Beans, Miguelito Frijoles. Man, this is real talk. God is loving on me. So I think it's important that we record this now because football season starts next week, and we know we'll hate each other in a week. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can start your story wherever you want to, but just because I get to do this because I'm the host, I'm going to tell you my first memories of Michael Beans. And I don't know where, like, your story spiritually starts. But I think we have a few 
things in common, and uh, I think this is the main one in our past that we had in common. And the first memory I have of you is I'm either a junior or senior in high school, mm. and I'm playing in the basketball tournament, and you, a young kid, is on the side uh, just rooting hard for <laughs> the, the the opposition of my life, the champion <laughs> Cougars, uh, my biggest rival. But yeah, I remember seeing you on uh, the sideline, and I don't know how much basketball or athletics has to do with uh, your story, but soon after that, a few years after that, I get to know you personally, and um, I just remember just trying to size each other up about sports. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just like, and then like all this stuff <laughs> in common, we just became friends. Right. Uh, but tell me, man, where where do you believe your story starts on on the spiritual life? And you can give us the background. You can give us the 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 bio the michael beans bio yeah i mean i guess to answer your first question like how much does basketball or even just sports in general play a role it's massive and what's funny is that i have i almost have like my like my colorado my high school my you know those friends and then i have a whole different set of friends that i made when we moved to ohio and they don't believe me when I say like, oh, I was like this huge jock that only cared about sports and all. Because like, for whatever reason, I just haven't been that way here. Uh, like I've just gotten, I, I'm still super into sports, but I've gotten into different sports. Uh, and so it's just always funny to hear, uh, you know, different people that that realize, oh man, like you were super into that. It's so funny. Um yeah, massive. And what's, man, I, man, I, so like where my spiritual journey started, man, way back, like I can't even really remember. My dad uh, has always been a really strong spiritual example in my life from day one. Uh, and growing up on an academy campus, like you just, you get exposed to, to spiritual things or even just religious things, you know, early on, of course. And so, so yeah, from day one, it was just kind of always understood like, oh, this is something that's important in life. This is something that's important to our family. You know, you're going to go to church, you're going to, um, you know, learn about God and, and, uh, you know, that's going to be something that's part of our family. Uh, so yeah, from day one, that was, that was huge. So as you're growing up in a kind of like a, a traditional Adventist family, a background, your parents met at an Adventist college, you came around, you're growing up. And um, I remember when I was working at an Adventist academy, and, it, and for the listener who doesn't know what an Adventist academy is, we still to this day have high schools that are boarding high schools right. that aren't like super prep schools. They're just a normal high school, but the student goes to live there. I worked at one and my kids were growing up on the campus and they're around all these high schoolers. And um, I thought it was kind of cool. I thought like, 
man, they got to know like a different, like it was just, life was kind of different. Um, you growing up on campus, your life revolves around the, the calendar of yep. an academy. Like who was God to you as he was represented as, as you're growing up from your family and from your environment? Um, I would say God to me was looking back on it. Now it's interesting. I wouldn't, obviously I wouldn't say this then, but I would say now God was just this entity that to be honest, I didn't really understand, but I had a, even with, even without really understanding like who God is and what he is and his importance in my life, I understood that he was important or that he should be important. And that if I wanted to live a life that I was going to be proud of, that if I wanted to uh, be successful, if I wanted my family to be proud of me, if I wanted, uh, you know, spiritual leaders in my life, I had some great uh, chaplains and Bible teachers in my life. So if I wanted those people to to be proud of me, like I was going to have God in my life. And it, and it wasn't always just like, oh, you know, I'm doing this for other people. It wasn't that. It was just there was this understanding that. If you want life to go well, God's going to be in your life. And and even though I don't feel like I fully grasped uh, how to do that or what that truly meant, uh, it was always something in the back of my mind. Hey, this is important. Hey, you know, prayer is important. Reading your Bible is important. Uh, uh, having having this sense that you're you're at least attempting to to follow God in your life and to live a life that represents him well was was something that I always tried to do, uh, whether it was successful or not. You know, uh, you know, you, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But but at the same time, it, it, knowing what I know now, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I just had no idea. I didn't understand, um, you know, the weight of of what like a, a true spiritual life really looks like, I guess. Man, you, you bring up something that youth ministry is so important and it's formative. And I'm just thinking, just from like an academy background, almost all of the the speeches or sermons at, like, at, a, at a graduation weekend has this element of like, don't leave yeah. God. Like, please don't. And it's like all these older people saying, please don't leave God. Please don't leave God. And as we look back, um, every day our our academy <laughs> graduation seems further and further away. Um, and we can look back to our friends and who we went to college with, who we went to high school with. There's a lot that seemingly have not had an interest anymore after, you know, those those years of high school, but it seems like there's this fear. There's this push and it's just like, it's so important that you don't leave this thing. Don't leave this thing. Don't leave this thing. And yeah, it just seems like a fear. Right. It seems like everything is based off of like, please yep. don't. We please don't. Um, is that so you're agreeing is that like kind of impression that and and from what you're saying like not leaving 
was going to make these people proud. Right. Yep. Not leaving was going to be like, oh, he's he's one of the good. He's right. one of the good ones. Is that kind of your experience and and your what? You yeah, I, not to the point because I I I was never a huge people pleaser. Like I I didn't want to or I. I guess it's not even necessarily not a people pleaser. I'm not a good faker. I'm not good at at faking anything. And so Hmm. if I was just going to fake being spiritual or religious to make people think that I was still in it, I wouldn't, I can't, I couldn't do that. Uh, I just don't have that ability really. Uh, And so it wasn't just, oh, I want to make sure that they look at me a certain way or they think I'm a certain person. It was... I think it honestly came more from the fact that I looked at them. I looked at their life. I looked at uh, their marriage. You know, I, I had a lot of chaplains who were who were you know newly married, like less than ten years. You know, younger guys, and so looking at their lives from from the outside, you know, you you know, you never really know your teachers all that well. Um, but, but looking at their life from the outside, it's like, oh man, that's great. Like they're doing well, like they're such a, you know, nice person. They're making a huge influence in my life. I really enjoy, uh, hanging out with them and they seem to, you know, just be in a really good place and they have this strong faith in God. Uh, and to me that was always like, oh man, like that's, that's a big reason, you know, of course, uh, you know, academically or professionally, you want to get a good job and all those things. But for me, it was always like, oh man, like they have God in their life. And that's, that's like the ticket to success or to, to make sure that your life is going in the right direction. Uh, even if I didn't necessarily know again, like how to do that or what that was necessarily going to look like. Um, but, but yeah, it was always the sense that, oh man, if you, if, if you want life to go well, like God's got to be in your life or you're just going to be lost. Um, so what was your view of yourself as you're growing up? And maybe when it gets to to high school, how did you feel about yourself? Um, yeah. How did you look at yourself and what did you believe God, how God looked at you? Huh. Man, I, I, the way I looked at myself was... I'm the sports guy. Like I'm the sports person. That's what I like. That's what I live and breathe. Uh, Every day, all year. I mean, you know, I played every sport we had. You had like one week between soccer and basketball. And then like the day that we got back from basketball tournament, we started baseball and I would play roller hockey in the summer. We do summer basketball, <laughs> like practice. It was just, it's all year, all year round. And so, yeah, that was, that was me. That was my identity. That's who I was. And, you know, it's funny. I, I think it was Daniel Force. I remember him telling me the first summer I worked up at camp, he was the, the boys director. And he comes up to me at the end of the summer. He's like, dude, I got to be honest with you. Like, I only knew you from sports and basketball. And I thought that, like, I was going to have so many issues with you up here, like, this summer. Like, I just thought you were, like, the biggest jerk and, like, just, like, not a good guy. (laughs) And he was like, but, dude, like, you're awesome. Like, you're so nice and, like, you're so chill. Like, man, like, that, like. Th- you know, thanks for, for being like, you know, such a cool guy. And I was just like, Hey, like, 
all right, cool. Like, I didn't really know what to say, but yeah, I feel like this is the description of you in high school, dude. And it's actually, this is, this is actually better for you than this person. Um, because you actually won. You're, you were the JJ Reddick of Adventist Academy basketball. And I'm talking like Duke JJ Reddick. Because right. Duke JJ Reddick shows up on the scene and immediately like gets in the starting lineup and is like in the <laughs> national consciousness for like four years in a row as we don't like this dude. Like we don't like him. He's at Duke. He's he's a pretty boy. He's a shooter. Right. He he's um but you were actually athletic where JJ Reddick for the level he played in wasn't athletic and you won every single year and JJ Reddick never won the national championship, which brings my heart joy to be able to think that he never won the national championship. Um, which we were, dude, that's we were so lucky my first two years. It was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about this because it's going to make me upset on the, on the ways you, you should have lost. But <laughs> like your pop is like coach K and you're, you're JJ. And so, yeah, man, people didn't like you. That didn't know that didn't know you. They didn't like you. Right. Um, right. Because yeah. it was kind of like, it's like from the out, from, from the, the outside look, the school you went to, we all thought was like the rich kids school and you're, you're winning all the time. And so, uh, and you were a main part of that. And so I'm sure that helped in how you looked at yourself and probably hurt in some ways that maybe were maybe later on down the line hurt the way you looked at yourself. What you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think so. Honestly, that was the first time that that was the first time that I'd ever had anybody actually like say that to me because I, I, I knew like, other players that I played against or other guys like that, I knew they had to have somewhat of that opinion of me, which was fine. Cause I, I, and I earned that opinion on the court. Like I wasn't, I, I, I could have been much nicer than I was. Um, and so not that any of that was unearned on my part, but, but yeah, I, I think, especially when I got to union, it wasn't really until I got to union that, that I, I really wanted to make sure that people knew, oh, hey, I like, I'm not that person, you know, like, and I've never been that person, you know, I, and I always felt like, uh, and, and this is all my dad, he never allowed me to be kind of like a cocky jerk. Like he, uh, like just was not going to allow that. And so I, and, and and I wouldn't say that's even necessarily my personality either, to be honest. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm just not that way. And I always, uh, you know, was, uh, I was the type of person I, I always felt like, especially in sports that anybody coming up b- behind me, man, like I want to, I want to help you out. I want to help make you better. Like whatever drills you need to do, like, well, let's do them. Hey, if you want to come to the gym and practice with me and all the other varsity guys and you're on JV, please do. Like it was never, Hey, you're, you know, you're excluded from this or whatever. For me, it was like, Hey man, if you're willing to work hard, like come along. If you, if you're not like, that's fine, you know, you know, whatever. But if you want to work hard and you want to get better, like absolutely show up and let's go. 
Um, and so, so yeah, I, it, I would say it wasn't until union when I really started to realize, oh, I might have somewhat of a reputation here that needs to be amended a little bit. Uh, and I would say maybe my freshman year, I was, I was probably a little bit more timid because of that. But after that, not so much. So you get to Union, and uh, so you had a healthy view of yourself. You had good self-confidence, come from a, a good home with two parents that love you, a uh, strong family. Um, you're, the way God looked at you, what was that? Had that started becoming your own yet, or were you just kind of going with the flow of life? You know, life? so the way, man, the way God looked at me, and I would say... I would say my entire life up until two years ago, uh, a little, you know, almost two years ago now, this around this time, God looked at me good or bad based on like the last two hours, like whatever I had done in the last two hours of the last day, like it was, it was, it was always very present. Like, Hey, if I've, if I've got a good mindset today and you know, I don't go to any websites that I shouldn't go to and I'm a nice person and I didn't, you know, uh, yell at this ref in the basketball game, or I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of these things I'm not supposed to do. Then like, I'm good versus the days when I, you know, didn't do those things or I did something that wasn't so nice or whatever it was immediate, like, oh, you know, this is bad and I need to, you know, go make amends. Uh, and so, yeah, it, and I would say, too, like most of my life, I have a pretty short memory. And so I wouldn't say that I ever had a lot of baggage that I held on to for years and years and years. Uh, it was just always that immediate, you know, snap snap thing where you know you get angry you get upset and you're like oh man i shouldn't have done that and oh you know i need to you know go you know ask for forgiveness or or whatever it is ask for forgiveness from the person or or you know from god and and yeah it was always very very present uh just based on how i was feeling or or how i had acted during the day man as you're explaining that whole thing i'm just thinking that what a time to be alive that we live in like previous, like right around the time you're growing up and the time that I'm growing up, this thing called the World Wide web comes along and it makes <clears throat> things so much easier and so much harder at the same time. Um, because it, you used to have to, to go out and look for things. And now right. it's almost like you have to go out of your way to not see things that you shouldn't see. And right, right. It's, it's attack attacks everybody um, with the internet in their pocket. And it can either be through viciousness on Facebook or for, for a lot of guys, it's, it's going to that website you shouldn't go to. Um, how did that affect you? And like, did that become a real like judge on if God was happy with you or not? Oh yeah, for sure. hundred percent. 
I think unless you just have no conscience, I think it can't, you know, you can't help but, but uh, feel some sort of way about yourself, you know, for, for engaging in that kind of stuff. And, and I would say too, for me, a lot of, a lot of the way that I looked at myself had nothing to do with, with God necessarily. Like it, it is funny when you ask the question, you know, how did God see you or, or, or how did you see God when you were growing up? It's, it's honestly a really hard question for me to answer because I feel like I always put my identity and saw myself through the lens of mostly sports, but just in general, like my own self-performance. So most of that obviously was sports, but whether it was school, whether it was sports, whether it was uh, with girls or whether it was, you know, with looking at sites you shouldn't go to, that was that like became my identity, at least for, you know, the moment. And so I think and what's interesting, too, is that when I I can I can look back on moments in my life where even if it wasn't necessarily God, because I, I, I definitely had moments, you know, throughout grade school and high school where you have like mountain high experiences that are super spiritual and, and whatever. And, that, and that's great. And those were awesome. But those aren't those weren't moments that, you know, had a long sustained, uh, you know, spiritual effect on my life. They were, you know, kind of mountaintop experiences. And then you come down, you keep keep moving on. But I would say when I had really, uh, when I had a strong identity going in my life, like whether it was basketball or sports, or I was just, uh, you know, really close with my dad throughout moments, moments of my life, those were the moments when I did really, really well. And then moments where either something was taken away, like it's not basketball season (laughs) or it's or uh, just for whatever reason, those external things were taken away. Then it's like, oh, who am I? Hmm. You know, like if my identity is this, then who am I? And those for sure were the moments when I would turn to those things the most because I'm you know, that, that, that hole in my life that should be Christ, that should be God, who gives me my identity, who tells me who I am. That's just at that point in my life, that's just not there. Like I don't, I, I got, God is in my life, but he's not, he's not ruling my life. He's not guiding my life. He's not uh, the person who tells me who I am. It's all these other external factors that give me my identity. Man basketball was this thing and i remember i remember seeing like the little spark and the little fire that you had and i saw it going out and it made me so sad because it had happened to me and i was like oh no um but explain like if this was your identity and you get to this place and you're like oh this is different than i thought it was (sighs) dude so (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a one-on-one player. I was never I didn't learn to play that way, uh, and so now I'm playing a style of game that I'm not used to, that I'm not good at, uh, 
And, and yeah, just the overall environment is just sad. And so, um, yeah, it was rough. It was, it was rough. You know, having to practice at 11 at night or whatever it was, like, it's just rough. And your identity was this thing and you're like, am I moving forward? Like how much of my life is this thing? Um, right, right. And after that, it seemed like, I don't know how many years you were at Union before you went to Egypt. Just one. Um, okay. So talk to me about that. Like, I think this is where your story starts changing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, it's funny because you know, I got to the end of my freshman year and I'm just like, I didn't like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know who I am. Uh, and I, so I showed up to Union first day as a business major. And literally, I go into, uh, I think it was like calculus for managers, like, probably people are gonna laugh. This is like the, you know, easy college math. The guy gives us like a pretest, like, hey, like, take this test. I just want to know like where everybody is. I literally look at the thing and I don't know a single answer to a single question. And, <laughs> and so I walk out of this class, I go immediately to my academic person, like, hey, I'm going to switch to PE. Like, I'm switching majors because there's no way I'm going <laughs> to pass this. There's no way I'm going to pass this calculus for managers class. So I'm changing majors. And so I switch to PE, which I've, I had always thought, like, oh, maybe I'll do PE. But that's what my dad did. So I don't know if I want to do that. But I switch. And, and I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I... Uh, I enjoyed it my first year, but then after that, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I totally want to do this. I don't know. You went to your advisor. You're like, is there a major where I can wear a polo, but with <laughs> basketball shorts every day? Yes. And no math. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so I. That I, was really uh, on brand for you to go to PE. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. So, so yeah, I, and, and my dad, my dad was, a was a student missionary when he was in college and my entire life, he always told me, he's like, you got to do an SM year. You got to do an SM year. It's so good. Like that was such a great experience for me. And, and you just got to do it. It's so great. And so I'd always thought in the back of my mind that, that I would eventually do that at some point. And so I figured, oh man, like I'm, you know, I'm lost. I don't know. Like, I don't even want to come back next year. So I might as well go somewhere else. And, 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 and I knew I had this deep, which now I know was the Holy spirit. I wouldn't have said it then, but, but just this deep knowing that, Hey man, like you, you need to shake things up and you need to, uh, you know, go some, and, and I purposefully, I knew what, that I needed to go somewhere not some island with, you know, 20 other college kids, some of which I may have known that was super chill. Like I, I wanted to go somewhere intense that was going to stretch me, that was going to push me with people that I didn't know. Uh, and so I, and I only applied to two places. I applied to, uh, like a construction job in Cambodia. And then I applied for a, a PE, a PE position at this school in Egypt. Uh, and, and yeah, those are the only two places that I applied for and I ended up getting, uh, the, the Egypt job. So that's why I went there. What was that like, dude? Like 
you were on this track and now you're like, you're leaving. I remember hearing you were going to go to Egypt and I'll be honest. I didn't like it when people went to be SMs because I'm like, I'm going to be here and I like these people. Why are you, why are you guys leaving? Um, <laughs> and so, uh, and this is when, uh, the, if you don't know my background, I was working at the school for, for nine years. So, um, the students were my friends. Uh, and so when you took off, I was like, but what about your right, basketball right. career? What about, what about this? What about that? I think you had, I think you had worked that summer with me as like a counselor when I did a, a basketball camp. Um, and then you were gone. Yeah, yeah, dude. And, yeah. and then you were gone, bro. What what did what was the impact of that year on your life? I think it was a pretty huge one, actually, but you go ahead and tell us. Oh, it massive, massive, dude. That that was such a formative year for me. Uh I completely underestimated how homesick I would get. Uh first three months. I just I wouldn't say I was just outright miserable, but pretty close. Um, but yeah, like yeah, those first couple months were rough. I I I would say I completely I found out how bad I was at meeting new people and and just being chill in a in a like so no other way to describe this than I did not get along with my housemates from, from jump. And, and I had never experienced this before, but they just, none of them were bad guys necessarily. They were just different than me. And I was just not used to sharing space with that many guys. And, and yeah, it was rough. Like it was just hard, like, you know, sharing, Sharing space, I guess. It was just weird, but I had never experienced that before, and I was not good at it. Um, As you're living there and um, you're meeting, you you meet Jessica, Jessica Jean Weaver. Um, it seems like when you came back, you had like, like life was a completely different thing. Like your world had opened up, your worldview had opened up. And what you could do was now a completely different thing. I don't want to tell your story, but like, is that accurate? Would you agree with like what that experience opened you up to like, oh, life doesn't have to be like, I might not go back to camping and be the PE teacher there. There might be other options for me in life. Dude, totally. Uh, Cause yeah, you're right. Like that was, <laughs> that was not that I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. But I always thought, oh, yeah, I'll probably, you know, come back to, to Colorado close to home and get a job here and I'll probably live here my entire life. And, and honestly, didn't see anything wrong with that necessarily at the time. And I still don't. Uh, but I obviously I didn't end up doing that. But yes, for sure. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, getting through those first, you know, couple months of being super uncomfortable and then, you know, settling in and, and being cool with, with, with the situation and really enjoying it. I remember, uh, Jess was in charge of, uh, you know, getting people lined up for Vespers, you know, to do music for, for the school Vespers. And so she asked like on the first day, Hey, you know, who, what instruments does everyone play? You know, do you know how to, you know, you play guitar, you sing, you know, all that. And I said, oh, yeah, I, you know, play guitar and I sang a little. She's like, OK, cool. So, uh, you know, you're going to be on, you know, this first Friday, you're in charge. And then, you know, so and so and so and so. And I was just like, what? Like, no, no, like 
I'm, I'm not in charge. Like, I'm not good. Like, I, I can't be in charge of this. Like, I'll play. Like, and she was like, oh, no, like, you're in charge. Like, you, you know, you do it. And that was just something that I had never really done outside of sports. Like, yeah, in sports, you're out in front of people and was never nervous. But as far as, you know, public speaking, being up front, playing music up front, being in charge of something, uh, that was something that I just was so not used to. And so uh, doing that, teaching classes, you know, being up front in front of students and, and learning to get comfortable with that. Um, yeah, it just broadened my view so much on what I could do and and what I could be good at uh, and and really just how I could lead other people. Um, and so so yeah, that that completely changed uh, yeah, just it just definitely got me out of my comfort zone to the point where I, I could establish like a new normal of what I was comfortable with for sure. Uh, you get back from that year and I don't know when I saw you like pretty soon, but you were like, yeah, gonna marry this lady. Um, <laughs> she's over there and I'm over here, but it's, it's going to happen. And I was like, really? And I don't know if, I don't know if I had known of uh, any other girlfriend that you had ever had or anything, but I was like, Oh, this is, this is serious. Um, yeah. when you get back, just like, life was different, right? Yeah, it just just had way more confidence in in who I was as a person, uh in in being comfortable in different situations. Uh, uh <laughs> it's funny. In terms of basketball, I feel like that made me even more outspoken, which was probably not a good thing, especially for that year. But but yeah, like I definitely just uh way more confidence, way, way more, way more of an idea of what I wanted to do even with my life, which was not PE, which is kind of ironic, but, uh, but yeah, I was pretty sure after teaching PE for a year, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. And so, yeah, I was just, I was much more, um, much more firm in, in like the type of person that I wanted to be. I, I, man, I, I would say the best synopsis was I went from a person who just kind of took life on as it came at me and and kind of processed most things through like a fearful lens like oh man like I got to work up the courage to do this or do that and more and and much more of a hey like you know uh I, w- I don't want to say like taking life head on because that's just kind of cliche and doesn't really encapsulate it, but like definitely had more of a, a purpose, like knew where I was going. It wasn't just like life is coming at me and I'm just kind of absorbing it and figuring out where I'm going on the fly. It was much more of, no, I really feel like I know what I want to do. I've got this like amazing girl in my life that I just know in the back of my mind I'm eventually going to marry. And I I now pretty much know what I want to do with my career uh, and, and just that whole year, you know, in Egypt definitely solidified, uh, the type of person that I wanted to be. I didn't want to be this person that, that always sat in the background and always, uh, just was, was a background player. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Jessica. 
Like I'm not going to be pushing my way to the front in every situation, which is fine. But when I need to and when and when, you know, the situation calls for it, yeah, I can step up and I can lead and I can be up front and I can, uh, yeah, take take a front seat if I need to. We get questions all the time. And so we have compiled uh, many of our frequently asked questions and answers into an interactive study that you can find at youarefreefromsin.com. The interactive study, we have the questions and we break down the answers. So if you're hearing these theological concepts through these stories in this this podcast and you want to know more, hit up youarefreefromsin.com to get some clarity. I hope you check it out. So what happened next, man? Uh, your your life. Um, you end up getting married to this beautiful girl. You like in that way it seems like things are working out in the way and then you what happened next um because eventually we're going to get to this part where it starts to break down but it doesn't seem like it's going to break down yet like it seems like everything's going super smooth right right and i you know i i think man i the way that I look back on my life, Rich, I, I'm so, so blessed. So lucky is not, not lucky is not the right word, but just so blessed to, to not have nearly any situations in my life that were really, really difficult. Uh, and I say, you know, and I say that just not that I haven't had trials in life. Of course I have, but like, in comparison to to some other people that I've known uh, that have had to go through just really really hard moments in life, I feel like now definitely later in life I've I've definitely gone through more. But up until that point, it was just like honestly smooth sailing, man. Like you know, you go through high school, like you're kind of like top dog in terms of sports, and you know. Uh, you go to college and because, you know, you go to union and because I had been going to union all throughout high school, you know, already had a ready-made set of friends because I knew most people. And and after, you know, a few months of people getting to know me, they realized, oh, this guy's actually kind of cool and nice. And so like, I always had, you know, plenty of people to hang out with, plenty of friends. Uh, and so, yeah. And, 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 you know, ended up going to Southern for one year, which was great to be with Jess. We get married, move out to Colorado. She's in her first job. I'm still in school. Um, and, and yeah, I, I would say those two years were just kind of like, just breezy, honestly. Like I, there were so many people that told us, man, yeah. like, you know, your first year of marriage is going to be so hard, but then like, you know, year two gets better and year three gets better, but then like four and five kind of gets rough. And then, you know, as it, basically just make it to 10 and you'll be good, which is funny because 10 was a couple of days ago for us. Um, but, oh, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, dude, like first couple of years, like just great. Like Jess is working for the conference out there. I'm in school, uh, 
you know, have great friendships, great, great relationships out there. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, who is God to me then? Man, I can't describe it any other way than just like a super elementary view of God as in like, he's this entity in the sky that, you know, has blessed me with, uh, this amazing life, this great wife. I'm living in my home state. I'm going to, you know, a university where I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm learning, uh, I'm, I'm taking a major that I love. I'm snowboarding, you know, every weekend during the winter. Like I've got great friends. Like, it's just like, oh yeah. Like I, I go to church and, I say that God is important to me and he like is important to me, but I don't, I don't really understand what that means. And my life is great because, you know, obviously because like I, I'm still one of those people that hasn't left. I still go to church. I still, uh, profess that I believe in all these, you know, spiritual things and I believe in Jesus and I, and I do like, I'm not lying about it, but it's like, it's like if you're a fifth grader, you know, and you know how to do fifth grade math, but now you're 25, but you still only know how to do fifth grade math and somehow <laughs> nobody notices, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what happens, what happens next? You, you have your dream life. What happens, you know, after, after Colorado? So... After Colorado, we moved a couple years there. We moved to to Dayton, Ohio, and man, I my first job I worked at a golf course, and because that was that, my major was in uh, sports sports field management and golf course management, and so I I start working there. The hours are insane. Like I'm working 65, 70 hours a week. Uh, Saturday's my only day off for nine months out of the year, basically. Uh, and, and, you know, the experience was great, but, but yeah, I, after, after a couple of years, I'm like, dude, I, I'm not cut out for this. I don't love this enough to make, you know, a, a living doing this for the rest of my life. And I was thinking too, especially, you know, if we were to start a family with kids, like this is, this is not going to work. Uh, and, and, and seeing, you know, my boss and the, and the people above me, just the way that, you know, they turned out because of the fact that they were just at work all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be me. I don't want to do that. So, so yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, taking a different job, uh, actually for the parks and rec department for our city, which was, you know, 40 hours a week, no weekends, you know, great schedule. And, you know, what's interesting, I, so back up a little bit before, before Jess and I got married, we went through this super, super intense, uh, like two weekend thing. It's, it's two weekends. They break it up into like three days each. And it's this super intense, um, man, there's no other way to describe it other than this, like, um, like self-help on steroids almost. Like they basically take these people for a weekend and they put you in 
into these workshops and social situations that you just like bear your soul. And it's the only thing I've ever been to in my entire life that's outside of like a spiritual context that can get people into this state of mind where you're just like, you're being fully honest about who you are as a person, what you want to do with your life, all the things that you, like all your coping mechanisms that you use that uh, basically uh, destroy your ability to, you know, either have relationships with people or be successful in life. And so we go through that and it was just phenomenal. It was a really big turning point in in both of our lives. Uh, And, and I, you know, I remember going through that and, and like admitting like, yeah, like I, you know, have a problem with going to websites I shouldn't be at. Mm -hmm. And, and this is something that I want to, you know, be done with and be rid of. And, and when you, when you, when you confess something like that in, in a, in a setting like that, like it's a, it's a big deal. Like you're, you're confessing that uh, to people in your life that are going to know that. And it has weight to it for sure. Uh, But I would say it was, it was right about the, the three, three to four year mark. Like, so I had worked at the golf course for a couple of years and then I had worked at the city for a couple of years and that kind of starts working its way back into my life slowly at first. And then e- even, even at its peak, it's not like, you know, completely taking over my life, but it's, it's, it's to the point where I'm, I'm like, Hey, this, this is becoming a thing again and I don't want it to become a thing again, but but it's a secret, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling all this guilt and all this shame because, you know, I went through this whole weekend with my wife there who wasn't my wife at the time, but is now. And there's this understanding that like, oh yeah, this was a thing that I used to deal with and now it's not, but now it is. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, how, you know, how do I deal with this? And, and I, and I remember, you know, to the day, I can't remember exactly the day, but I remember, you know, I'm, I'm at work and I just, I just, I've had, I've had, I want to say maybe two or three moments like this in my life where the Holy Spirit just spoke to me so clearly and just like right, right in my, right in my brain, right in my soul was like, you, you need to tell her, Jess, like you need to say something hmm. like you need to confess and you need to tell her like what you're dealing with. And I'm just like, really? Like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that's going to go well. Like, this is not like, I don't think so. And it, and it was like days, like you need, you need to tell Jess, you need to tell Jess. I'm like, I don't want to tell Jess. Like, that why? Sound like fun. And, and so, uh, I know. Right. And so, uh, fi- finally, I'm just like, all right, like if, if you say so, like, I, I, I guess we're going to do this. And, and, uh, you know, I ended up telling her and, and it, it didn't go well at first, like <laughs> to, you know, you know, it was, it was rough. It was like, you know, and, but, but I would say this, um, man, my n- number one, like my wife is, is like an extremely 
loving and strong person. And, and yeah, it wasn't obviously wasn't instantaneous, but it, it eventually got to the point where she could understand, Hey, like this had nothing to do with you. This is not about you. This is about me not knowing who I am and turning to a coping mechanism that, that, uh, has nothing to do with you. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I would say since then it's, it's basically been, you know, a non-issue, not to say that I haven't had moments where I've, you know, had a, had a, a moment of, of temptation or, or something like that, but it, it's essentially been a non-issue since then. But I would say even, even in that, cause that was, maybe three years before, before I found, you know, before I heard, you know, your podcast and love reality and all that stuff, even, even in that, you know, there was this, this, um, just this sense that I had put something on her, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't something that, that I was able to kind of like let go of or deal with on my own. It was like, Oh man, like I had to like put this on her. I had to like make this, you know, I, I, I basically had to like put this on her to make sure that, you know, I didn't do anything else or I didn't keep doing this thing. And, and what's completely changed my life now is like, Oh yeah, it's has nothing to do with her has nothing to do with me. Like God is in charge of my life and he tells me who I am. And so whether it's that or whether it's any other, coping the mechanism in my life that's not going to be healthy in my life um he tells me who i am not those things so how did it how did it become a non-issue did you just become more disciplined because um yeah explain that to me were were you was like shame fueling it for sure. Shame was a huge part of it, for sure. Uh, and, and just the fact that it was it was secret, like something that, you know, she didn't know about and something uh, that, uh, yeah, it was just something secret that she didn't know about. And, and yeah, I would definitely say guilt and shame was fueling it for it to, you know, for it to be basically become a non-issue, I think. I think because she knew, uh, yeah, every now and then, like she would even ask me about it. Like probably every, I don't know, at first, probably every couple weeks. And then after that, maybe every like, you know, couple months, like she would ask me, Hey, like, Hey, like, how's it going with that? You know? And, and, and without energy, like not like, Hey, you know, I'm checking up on you. It wasn't like that at all. It was just like, Hey, you know, how's it going? And, and, uh, yeah, honestly, I think for, I think for me, again, going like, I think I've talked, talked to you about this on the, on the death to life pot, not podcast on the, on the Bible study before Mm -hmm. so much of my life before I met Christ was wrapped up in the, in identity, but identity in everything but God essentially. And so, uh, yeah, for that, for that time of my life, like that became my identity. Like, oh, I'm the guy that can't get rid of this thing. And this has become like who I am because I, you know, slipped up once. Oh, I slipped up twice. Now I've slipped up three times. Oh, this is who I am. And, you know, nobody can know, Jess can't know. And so it's just this vicious cycle. 
versus no, you confess that and you get rid of that guilt and shame like that, that, you know, was the catalyst for me. Now I'll say this too. Um, if I hadn't have met Christ for real, mm-hmm. there's no, there's nothing to say that that couldn't have come back at some point later in life uh, and become an issue again. Because, because again, I'm at that moment. Um, I can't exactly tell you probably what it was, but whether it was my job or whether it was uh, cycling, you know, something that I'm getting super into like, yeah, I just, I, I switched my identity. Oh, I've confessed that. I've told her, you know, what's going on. So, so I'm good there. Now my identity can shift to something else. Yeah. I saw somebody tweeting that in order to get rid of a habit, you need to replace it with another habit. And it was like, so if you have a problem with, uh, if you have a problem with porn, try biking. <laughs> and and so then the biking comes in and you're just like man biking saved my life and there's that's like that's real for a lot of people right 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 but it's not the gospel no no yeah cuz cuz what happens when you you know when your when your knee blows out or what like and that was me what happens when you're no longer able to do that thing what happens when, for whatever reason, you no longer like that thing? So um, your identity is tied up in um, I'm Michael, the golf guy, and the, or the groundskeeper. I don't know how to describe it. And that's falling apart. And this thing in your life is like, okay, now I'm Michael, maybe the guy who has defeated this thing. Uh, I'm not going to live from this thing. But it sounds like your life is about identity and your identity was still in flux. So, uh, so what happens, bro? Dude. So my, my father-in-law ends up, uh, getting diagnosed with cancer March of 2020. And at the time, I think Jess's older brother, he's a, he's a physician and he was really the only one that kind of understood the gravity of, of how bad it was from day one and the rest, you know, which I think honestly was a good thing because the rest of us, you know, were, were much more, you know, okay, you know, we're going to go through treatment. We're going to, you know, see what happens. And, and yeah, like went through that entire, uh, uh, time with him really just trying to spend as much time with him as possible and, and pray and hope that he, you know, would get better and, and all that. And, and he ended up passing away, you know, the next November and, and it's so crazy, dude. I, I, again, I'm not able to, to really look too far ahead of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, in the present moment, how am I feeling, you know, within the last five to 10 minutes, that's kind of like where my mental state is at most of the time. And, and yeah, so I, I, I didn't understand what this was going to mean. 
I mean, obviously, like I had, I had an idea, but but as far as like a real grasp of of what this was going to mean, and and I say that because Jess is the exact opposite of me. Jess, she processes through life ahead of time, like she sees all of the 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 things that are going to happen in in terms of like how this is going to go for her from like the jump and. And so, and that doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't go through it. She does. But like, for me, I'm always kind of uh, taken back a little bit of like, oh man, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Or man, I didn't know that it was going to be like this. And she's like, really? Uh, And so (laughs) this is maybe, I want to say this is like a month before he passes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still working And so I'm driving up to Michigan. It's like maybe three hours from our house. So I'm driving up to Michigan, you know, basically every weekend, trying to take as much time off as I can. And you're just starting the podcast at this time. And so I listened to Tyler's episode. I listened to Morgan's episode. I, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was on the podcast somewhere. I heard that Jonathan had these, you know, epic sermons that he were on YouTube that were like however many hours long. And there's like seven or eight of these videos watched every single one in the car, like going uh-huh. back and forth in Michigan. Cause you know, I've got three and a half hours or whatever of driving, watch every single one of those. And I'm just like blown away. Like I'm having my mind blown because it's like, I'm hearing all this stuff that I've heard my entire life growing up in the church but it's like changing, it's completely like changing how I look at things. And it's so shocking because I'm I'm just like, how, like, what's happening to me? Like, how is how is this changing anything? Because he's not he's not necessarily saying anything or not much that I haven't heard, but he's saying it in this way that's like so fresh and so new and so like. Oh, like that's so good. And I end up calling you on the phone. I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude, like this is so like amazing what's happening to me. Like what is going on? (laughs) What was going on, man? What was becoming new about you as you're listening to these sermons? Do you remember like there there was this thing that that was like, this could be different about me? Dude, no, it it wasn't it wasn't that. It it was like a grounding. It was this, this sense, this, this sense that, oh, like, I don't have to, I don't have to determine or I'm not in charge of, of like who I am and who I become and what job I, I have or like where my life goes. Like, that's no longer on me. Like, I don't need to look at myself in the mirror and, and make that my determination of like my identity. Like, Oh, like, cause when I look at myself in the mirror, it's like, you know, are you, are you successful in your job? Sure. Okay. Like, how are you determined that? Like some people could look at my career and be like, Oh, that was a failure. But like, I looked at it as like, Oh yeah, it was fine. It was great. Um, and or, or with sports like cycling or, you know, whatever, whatever sport I'm, I'm into at the moment that, that was no longer like, oh, I don't have to be in charge of that. It was this, the first time I, in my life that I felt so grounded 
in who I could be, or not not who I could be, but this person that I, and, and, and well, I guess that's fair to say. I would say at the time, because I didn't, I don't feel like I fully understood it that at that first moment when I when I called you on the phone, but I was beginning to mm-hmm. understand it. But it was just that it was it was the first time in my life where I felt the Holy Spirit so firm in my life, just telling me like, you don't determine who you are. Like I determine that you don't hmm. have to carry this weight anymore. Like I tell you who you are. And, and you don't have to carry that anymore. And it was this like simultaneous feeling of just this, just this like anvil sitting on my chest. It was just like so heavy and I could just feel him telling me like, Hey, like I've got you. And, and like, I'm in charge of your life now. If you, if you let me do this, like, and, and of course, like I was just like, yes, absolutely. Like for sure. Like take it. And it was like that feeling with the same and at the same time, like just this weight lifted off my shoulders that I couldn't even explain at the time. But now I know it's like, oh, yeah, I've been carrying this weight of I'm always the one who determines who I am and how well my life is going. And it's always based on all these external characteristics. The scoreboard. Or, um, yes, absolutely. hundred percent. I was just going to say my dad. uh at the at at this time when I was still it was it was right before this all this happened I was I was telling him like man like I don't I like this job but I don't know if I love it and like I don't know if I want to do this forever but like if I'm not doing this I don't know what I'm gonna do like, I'm, I'm just you know kind of in 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 a moment of you know just in flux of like where I think my life is going and he just is like He's like, yeah, there's no, there's no scoreboard in life. He's like, your entire life was sports. All you had to do was look up at the scoreboard and you knew like how life was going. You were either doing bad or you're doing good. And it's, you know, one or the other. And he's like, yeah, you know, like life doesn't work that way, you know, and, and, and you're just going to have to figure out, you know, how, how to, how to figure like, that what? out. Like, yeah. You it know, doesn't. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because it does for so many people. And mm. right now, the scoreboard is social media. Oh, uh, totally. The scoreboard, I mean, it it's changed. And, like, the more money you have, the bigger house, the more whatever. Whatever you have that's your scoreboard is actually your prison. Yep. It's, it's your chains. And man, you've called me a couple times. So, in, and it's been so encouraging to me every time. And that time you called me, ah, oh man, I think I was in, I don't know where I was, but I remember how excited you were. And I was just picturing you in your car driving because I think you're either driving back from or to Michigan. Too, yeah. and, and your father in law had not passed yet. Yeah. And you were so excited. But you're like, I can't be so excited when I get there. So I got to talk to you about this right now. Right, right. And I was like, well, what's up, dude? And because we were we were still at this point, like early on, like when a podcast comes out and someone listens to it and they're they're moved by it. I mean, anytime that happens, we're just we're praising the Lord. But it was like some of the first time that this was happening. And I was just like, 
wow, dude. Like, and it, it just encouraged me. But I think you were understanding, yeah, this identity that you were a son. Your that sonship was who you are. Right. It wasn't this or that or the other. It wasn't your job. And you explained to me this this golf thing or this this city job. And you're like, that's not me, bro. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it was so like it was so much energy, bro. And I was so I I I called Tyler right afterwards and I'm like, you know who's on it? And he's like, who? I was like, your boy Michael Beans. He's like, shut up. I was like, no, dude. He's on it. He listened to your testimony. He's like, I love that guy. And I was like, me too. And um, no, man, I think from that conversation, it was like, I can put down this other stuff Mm. and just be this. And being this is like, I just get to be loved. Yes. Yes. And, and I would say too, I... I had, I wouldn't say complicated, but I had a very, um, I guess you could say score-based uh, view of of love, of um, yeah, people showing affection, things like that, and and that was something too that I would definitely say my wife helped me with a lot, especially even early on in our marriage, uh, that she she did not take that, you know, whenever I, uh, whenever I would do that to her, she was like, no, that's not how this is going to go. Or even when I would like, I would do something wrong and I would kind of act like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to kind of like treat me a certain way because I treated you badly. She was like, no, no, that's not how this works. Like, you know, that's not how a marriage works, you know? And so not that I had it down pat, but, but she, um, yeah, for whatever reason, like she was just very good from, from early on from jump. Like, no, dude, that's not how relationships work. Like you don't get to just like go pout because we didn't get along. Like we're going to talk about this and we're going to work through it. Well, shout out to her beautiful parents, man. Right. Yeah, exactly. And not saying yours aren't not saying yours aren't beautiful. It's just like it's a blessing to have. Uh, I mean, we learn these things from our our parents that, that love us and they model that relationship. So praise the Lord. Right. Yeah, dude. I it was <laughs> so I get up there and and of course, yeah, like I'm. I'm not you know, jumping up and down, going crazy. But literally, dude, I I get there. And in the first five minutes, you know, I walk in the house, you know, I go up to the room that Jess and I are staying in. And she just like looks at me. And, and within the first like 10 seconds, she's like, you all right? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm great. She's like, (laughs) oh, okay. Like what's, what's going on? I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. So I was like, no, I'm good. She's like, you, you sure? Like what's happening? Like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. 
And, and so I kind of like, you know, I, 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 <laughs> uh, Jesus loves me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I kind of like, you know, I, I, I held her arms length till the next day and I ended up, you know, telling her like, Oh man, like, you know, this is just like, like this just had this experience and, and dude, I, I know this now for sure that, that um like the timing couldn't have been better because i i don't i don't deal with stress well like just in general like i don't i'm not a stressful person like i don't i don't stress about things in general and so when when i when i do have to stress about something or when something becomes to the level of stress like i don't handle it well uh, and so it's, it was just crazy how, so, so that also coupled with the fact that just, so my, my natural, uh, oh goodness, my natural desire in life is peace within myself and peace within the people that are closest to me. And so you can only imagine going through this experience having to be not just okay, which if I hadn't, I would say for sure, if I hadn't gone through this experience, it would have been really rough, but, but it was so amazing to be in a, in a, in a space where I could sit with my wife in her darkest, deepest time in life with all this grief and, and sadness, rightfully so happening and and I didn't need to fix it. I didn't need to run from it. I didn't need to say something that was going to make things okay because that's not possible. Obviously, I'm like it's nothing you're going to say mm-hmm. in that moment that is going to fix it or make it better. And and mm-hmm. and yeah, I, it it was it was such an amazing and experience and such an amazing gift that that I. I feel um, that was just given to me by God and the Holy Spirit in that moment that I, I found love reality at that moment to where, yeah, like it was hard. Like that didn't, that didn't mean that it wasn't rough. That didn't mean that it wasn't uh, probably the hardest uh, up until this point, like, yeah, the hardest two years of my life to go through that experience. Um. But I would definitely say before, yeah, my, my go-to was, you know, stuff your emotions and, and on my best day, it would have been, uh, to completely just emotionally disengage from my wife because I can't handle the uncomfortability. I can't handle the fact that she's not okay. And so for me to be okay I just have to completely disengage, which, you know, maybe isn't the worst thing, but uh, maybe it's maybe at least for her, maybe it's better than like, you know, trying to like make her feel better. (laughs) Uh, But still like not good. You know, you want to be emotionally available for your your spouse, especially when they're hurting. And so for me to and, and not to say that I was perfect, I wasn't, but to to definitely uh, 
be much more emotionally available in those moments. And just, yeah, just to be able to sit with her, even in silence, like just to be there, even in silence, not saying anything and just be that uh, support for her was such, such a gift uh, in terms of the timing for sure. So as you've been growing, like this first idea was like your identity is secure and it's like you don't have to do anything to be that. That's like, that's your birthright. Um, that right. thing, what what grew from that in the subsequent months? Yeah, it's interesting. I, listening to to most of the podcasts you've done, it's it's funny because I I think for certain there's people that just had this like you know like like listening to Eddie and how it was just like so instantaneous like just this like f- switch flipped in his mind like oh my gosh God loves me now I don't have to like live this way and just like understood it from jump and and I feel like for me it was much more of like a slow a slow burn almost like somewhat having to like relearn what it means to, to have God in your life because of my upbringing, because of like Mm. all the stuff that you hear growing up, like growing up in a, in a spiritual environment. And I, and obviously that's not the same for everybody because I think other people have grown up in that environment and didn't have the same experience. But for me, it was having to, yeah, to relearn, Oh man, I can so easily fall back into old, old patterns, old ways of thinking, old uh, patterns of thinking, oh man, like if I can't do this, if I can't get outside, if I can't go exercise, like I'm going to be a wreck for the rest of the day. And, and for me, it was, it was in those moments, uh, number, number one, spending uh, much more time just, just in God's presence, like, like making, I, I just making space for the Holy Spirit in my life, uh, whether that was scripture, whether that was just sitting in, in silence and solitude in the morning and just listening for his voice, uh, just, just making space, making time. And, and through that, uh, through that time, just, it, it became so much, uh, it became so much easier the longer I, I went through that process to, to catch myself falling back into those old patterns and, and hearing the Holy Spirit say, no, like that's not, that's not who you are. Like you don't have to be that person because that's not who I've made you to be. You get to be this person, like this person that has it all, that has every blessing, that doesn't keep score, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't worry about where life is going or whether you're doing things right. Like that's, that's not a person that you have to be. You get, I've given you this gift and you get to be this person that lives light, that, uh, that doesn't have to carry that identity of who you are. Like I carry that. And I tell you, I tell you whether life is going well, I tell you whether, you know, you're going down the right path. And oh, by the way, like you're going down the right path, <laughs> you know, like if you're listening to me, if you're following me, like you're going down the right path, by the way. So that's all you got to do. Uh, and so 
so yeah, I, I think, oh yeah, oh, you know, probably, you know, four or five, maybe even six months, uh, of, of going through that, through that transition or transformation, man, I, that's my favorite line of Jonathan's like grace without transformation is a perversion. Like I, I, I had that like burned into my brain, uh, from, from one of his, uh, the sermons that I listened to, that was like my favorite line because Mm. I personally had had so many moments in my life where I had this like spiritual mountaintop experience and then it just like went away. And that was so important to me when I called you because I remember you saying, dude, this is not like a spiritual high. This is not a mountaintop experience. Like this is something that's just going to like go away like in two months. Like this is real. Like this is forever. And, and that stuck with me because there were definitely moments maybe three, four months after that down the road that, that definitely came up like, Oh man, like I'm not, I'm not feeling this same feeling that I felt before. So is something wrong? And it was that time. Mm -hmm. And it was that time alone with the Holy spirit and with God that was like, no, like, like feelings aren't Lord. Jesus is like feelings don't determine where you're at in life. Like you're going to have all sorts of feelings every, you know, five, 10 minutes throughout the day. And if you let that determine how your life is going, like you're going to be a wreck. Um, and so, and it's, it's so funny. I was talking with, uh, one of my really good friends, probably like, I would say about a year after I went through all this and, and they were just like, so it's, it's that simple. Like, it's just that easy. Like you just, you just like say, oh, you know, I'm not that person and it's just fixed. And I was like, yeah, like, yes, like that's <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's as simple as that. And at the same time, you know, you, you have, you have to, you have to open yourself up to the Holy Spirit to allow him to, to tell you that. Like if you're, to, if it's you telling yourself that, like this isn't self-talk. This isn't me like hyping myself up to make sure that like I'm good. No, this is me listening. Like this is me letting the Holy Spirit Mm. tell me who I am and believing it. Like there's a big difference between, oh, like I'm telling myself I'm good, so I'm good. No, that's not it at all. It's, It's me opening myself up and saying, I don't carry that anymore. I don't determine who I am anymore. I have no say in that. That's already been told to me. Uh, and, and I don't need to carry that. Uh, and so, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's just been, man, (laughs) so much, so much came out of that. Like I, I, I ended up, uh, you know, leaving my, my job at the city for, for a small business that I had started, uh, way back when I first started that job, which I would have never done. Like, I don't think I ever would have been able to do that, um, without having, uh, that groundedness in my life, you know, because like, it would have always been this like, oh man, like I could never do that because if I fail, if I, if it doesn't work out, like that's, that's not an identity that I want. Like, I don't want the identity of the guy who like went off and like, you know, did his own thing with, you know, with this small business and then it didn't work out. Like, 
And now I'm like, dude, like if I, if, if, and my, my mindset when I first did it was like, oh man, if I, if I go try that, how fun, like how awesome would it be to, to take this thing that I've built, you know, over five years and just see like, if I can do this full time, if I can make it work, like what an awesome adventure to be on. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go do something else. Like God will take me, you know, to something else mm. that I need that I need to be doing, and and everything will be fine. Uh, and and that's honestly the only reason why it's worked because I've been able to hold it so loosely. Uh, and honestly, I feel like that's the only reason why it's even grown. Like we've grown, uh, you know, since I since I you know took that leap and and yeah, like I've just been able to hold it so loosely to where like I don't. Like, this isn't who I am. I'm not the coffee guy. Like, yeah, I know a lot about coffee and I love talking to people about coffee and equipment and machines and and, and training people and, and all that stuff. I love it, but that's not who I am. Like, that's not my identity. My identity is, you know, I've been saved by God and by Jesus and he paid that price for me. And, and that's all that matters. Like, that's the only thing that I hang my hat on. That's the only identity that I have. Uh, and everything else that that I do in my life, it's just like icing on the cake. Like the fact that I, you know, cycle and climb and all these external things that that I do because I, you know, I still love sports. I still love being active. Um, but but it's so funny. Like I even just I was like two weeks ago. I'm I'm out on my bike and. And I, I honestly, I, I got, you know, a, a ways down the road and, and all of a sudden the, this uh, knee pain starts coming back. Like, and it was traumatic, dude. Like I, I had worked so hard oh, to man. like get back to this point where I could, you know, keep riding my bike. Like I'd done all these like exercises and I had almost for an entire year, I had barely ridden my bike at all. I'd taken like almost a whole year off. And like, all of a sudden, like I start feeling this exact same pain and I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And, and, and honestly, like probably for a good, like five, 10 minutes, I'm just like pissed. Like I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, I'm just so upset. And, and after about 10 minutes, like, like the Holy Spirit just says to me, like, dude, it, who are you if you can't ride this bike? And I just like laughed out loud. I was like, yeah, like, you're right. Like I, I'm, I am, I'm fine. Like I, like if I can't ride this bike, like I don't know who I'll be. I don't know what else I'll do. I don't know how I'll you know keep my body in shape, but it'll be something else like whatever. And it was, it, it was nuts, dude, because I, I'm, and at this point, like I'm half, maybe like halfway through my ride, like I'm a long ways from home at this point. And so I'm like, man, like, do I need to call, do I need to call Jess? Do I need to like, you know, stop whatever. And I'm like, okay, like I'll just kind of like keep going. Like I'll just, you know, see how it feels. And, and honestly, like the pain, the pain didn't go away, but it didn't get worse. And, and that entire ride home, I, I just had this, like, just this conversation with the Holy Spirit where he's just like, he's just constantly telling me like, 
Like you don't determine this. Your bike doesn't determine this. Like who you are is not wrapped up in all these things that you can or can't do. Like I determine who you are. Like your identity is in me. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, dude, it's just so, it's so, it's such a blessing for me. And it's so great to have those moments where, um, yeah, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if, if anybody else like relates to this, but I lived my entire life growing up in a spiritual environment with a spiritual family, um, with parents that were spiritual that taught me about God. So like nothing, none of it has to do with them. It's just, I grew up in that environment and I never, I never knew what it meant to, to truly, um, Number one, know what Christ did for me. And then number two, to know that I could have like a real relationship, not this like, oh, this entity in the sky that's just kind of like there that you never really have access to, but is there like watching over you and and is protecting you at times, um, you know, but is like basically you have zero access to and to to know that. No, I have access. Like he's, he is here. Like he is present fully in every moment. Uh, dude, like it's just uh, it's so good. Like it's just so good. There's a, there's a depth to you. Like before our conversations all wrapped around, remember when some basketball incident or remember when some sport incidents are, and that was <laughs> yeah. cool and that's fun. And our conversations now are just about these these things that God has done that are being revealed to us mm. and how you're able to love the way you've always wanted to love, how mm. you're able to live this way you've always wanted to live. And so um, where we both probably were pretty shallow dudes at, at the beginning of the day we were just kind of wanting to hoop um i remember my ankle pain started when you and i were playing one-on-one one time yes it, yes it's it, and i was like oh no <laughs> but now it's just like you're ministering and you're growing in this thing that god has made you and I just see lightness and freedom and it's kind of like you can see why people are doing why that what why they're doing what they're doing and you're just like you feel bad for them but you're like guess what I get to love them now and I right. see that and it's so it's like who would have known like right? coming back from Egypt right? like that that this is going to be your life yeah, yeah, like who would have known that you can you can allow people to be in your life that before would just drive you crazy and insane and and you just don't understand like why do they do this and why do they do that and why do they make me so uncomfortable and yet you get to a point where you're like oh like none of that matters man like like that's like that like that's your life. Like I 100% hope that that you get to a point where you allow Christ to tell you like who you are and and all that. 
But like that has no bearing on me. That like that doesn't that doesn't have any determination on how I get to live my life and how I get to love you and how I get to treat you uh, and how like, yeah, my life is not my own. It belongs to Christ. And if my life is my own, then I have something to protect. Like I have I have to protect my time. I have to protect, um, you know, all these things. And that's not to say that like sometimes, you know, boundaries in life can be a good thing. That's not to say that. But it is to say that um, I don't need to protect myself because there's nothing to protect. You used to be an irritated dude. Yes, 100%. you you had things that you liked that they went a certain way and they were good. But when they didn't go that way, you're like, why are people doing this? I remember just hearing your voice like, don't they know that this is the right way to do things and that this is the right way to do things? And, and why they, everyone should know that this is the right. And I have not heard that tone because it's coming from a place of condescension. Like you're, Oh, for sure. You're looking down at people. Why do you and think I didn't get along with my my uh, my housemates in Egypt? Like first three or four months, it, it was exactly that. It was like, dude, this is not how you you know put your toothbrush away. This is not how you like you know do this or that. Like, no, man, like you do it this way. And and yeah, to to uh, to treat people that way, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, man, but. To- you're you're free from that man you you're you're so encouraging to me bro and i love your story because it's just like i i think just the background of the identity the mm. the mixed up scoreboard identity to the just oh like you're at rest and that's awesome to see and so many people need it and I'm so glad that you're ministering that rest to people. And that's, I think, what the gospel is. We can, we're just like, hey, bro, you can chill because he made you <laughs> the thing that you've always wanted to be. Right. So, yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing. Uh, did you want to say anything, any thought on your way out that, that he's teaching you today? Oh yeah, um, dude, two and zero against the Chiefs this year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this never happened, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah, love you, man. Love you. Got me singing like glory. Yeah, it got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. Love is pouring on me River flowing in and never ends More than life, more than me, more than just pretend And you can feel in freedom from within Free to fly, be the child that you always been yeah. This hey, episode was life. brought to you by gospel-loving listeners just like yourself If you want to ensure more of these stories are heard by people And help build season three of the show and beyond We'd ask that you please give to our building fund That's helping support the future of the podcast It takes equipment and software and time and all that good stuff to make this an amazing listening experience for your ears. So we just ask that you help pay it forward like the person before you did 
to keep these amazing stories of God's transformative love rolling. You can go to lovereality.org slash give and choose death to life as the option to help us keep reaching more people and ensuring more episodes. Thank you so much, guys. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. They got me singing like... Oh, singing like...